1: On Facebook. I love
3: the smell of come in the morning. This
4: is where the fun
1: begins. I don't want to another yard. 620 CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the sports cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome to
4: the Sports cage live from Ryderville. Day two for us here. Party's picking up. They had a decent crowd. A really good crowd for Colin James on Wednesday. Decent crowd yesterday. And now the party rooms, all of them open up. Uh, there's all but one on site here at uh, the Real District uh, on the site of Mosaic Stadium, which is where the 109th Grey Cup will be played. But we've got... Um, one team offsite, that would be the uh, spirit of Edmonton, and they are a free event and that's over at the Connexus Art Center. You got to pay to get in here, but it is party central here. We are in Riderville, which is the ITC Center, and I'll tell you what this is, uh, what's probably about 115 yards long, like a football field long. Um pretty close to a football field wide. Got the band at the far end. I'm at the uh the opposite end. That would be the west end. Lots of tables. We got a Rider store in here, a Rider alumni setup. So you want to pop on down here tonight for sure. But uh, I mean, you got uh, the Bombers' room, Tiger Cats, all the teams represented, and of course, we know we got our two football teams in the game on Sunday: the Toronto Argonauts and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're going to hear from Mike Pinball Clemens, general manager of the Argos. He will join us here before five o'clock. We'll also uh, hear from Mario Alfred and Dan Clark, two award winners uh, last night. Uh, Alfred won the special teams player of the year award, and Dan Clark the Jake or Award for uh, courage, perseverance and charity work. Uh, definitely a uh, glue guy for the team and a great guy in the community. We're also going to hear from our friend Solomon Elamimian, former BC Lion and Saskatchewan Rough Rider, now with the CFLPA, we'll talk to him about the, his thoughts on the Grey Cup and their seven-year agreement, and looks like labor peace for a while, and you know all things CFLPA-related. We're also going to hear from John Chick, the former Rider great, will join us live on set. Jeff Hamilton probably join us by phone, maybe live, but he was over at Blue Bombers practice today, where it's where we start one of our stories of the day. Um, Zach Kalaros did practice, took first-team snaps, looked pretty good uh, running around out there on a blustery and brutally cold day here in Regina with that wind chill as uh, he's coming off his second Most Outstanding Player Award, which obviously was handed out to him uh, last night. We'll hear a snippet of uh, his interview yesterday. So, yeah, we'll hear from Jeff Hamilton, Andy McNamara, our betting expert, Dave Naylor live, and Craig Reynolds before the show wraps up. All right, but that is story number one. Zach Kalaros is looking good as best as he can look, Ready, getting ready for the uh, Grey Cup start, Grey Cup 109 at Mosaic Stadium. The other story of the day, Randy Ambrosi had his address, and we will hear f- uh, from him in a second. Um, But here's the thing. This is... I'm trying to keep this positive, but I'll never figure this league out. So Randy Ambrosi does, this morning, 8 a.m., a State of the League address, which he does at every Great Cup on a Friday, wherever it's being held, with the media. You know, the Nailers, the Lalgies, the Madanis, the Balls, the Hamiltons, those kind of guys, you know, sitting there. Uh, you know, the Brit dorts. Not just guys. Great female reporters too. And we are uh, trying to uh, be the conduit for the league. Get the information out there. And you'll hear what he had to say but about an hour later it comes out after we've had our media event he comes here to ryderville where i'm sitting right now to address the fans and he lets it be known that the cfl playoffs next year and going forward in collaboration with the teams and the broadcast partner tsn will be moved from sunday to saturday so the semi-finals and the finals will be on Saturday, not Sunday. The Grey Cup will still remain on Sunday. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I, I'm I'm totally on board with that. But why didn't he announce it at the media event? You know the the pipeline for information. I wasn't here, so I don't know if he was asked a question and blurted it out. But you would think that the guy who's in charge of the league, who I think is a good man, I question uh, some of the things he is supporting, as you'll hear here, including the failed global initiative, which he continues to trumpet. But I, 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 I can't believe that you're sitting there in front of the media and you don't—you drop the lead, you buried the lead. The biggest story of that press conference is the playoffs, something fans and some media have been calling for are being moved to Saturday, so I'm assuming they don't compete with the NFL or because TSN has NFL rights too. That's the lead. And you didn't say anything at the media event. What he did say was this. The Alouettes
5: ownership, uh, do you have an update on them? I know the situation has changed when Mr. Seagull passed away, unfortunately. It just seems like the succession hasn't shown a lot of interest. Uh, in uh, owning the team, you know, for the foreseeable future. So are the always going to be on sale again? What can you tell us about that
1: situation?
6: Yeah, well, you know, what I can tell you is what, um, is what I've been told. And, uh, and I've had many good conversations with the, the representatives of, um, of the majority shareholder. And first of all, I think we should all say, you know, it, it, was, it was sad that uh, we lost Mr. Spiegel before we really got a chance to get to know him. You know, he built a, he built a wonderful empire, uh, obviously a very successful man, but um, he passed away and we didn't uh, really get a chance to get to know him personally. Uh, but when I first was introduced to them, I asked that question. I said, you know, can you, can you tell us what your priorities are? And I was prepared for, I was prepared for whatever they would throw my way, but they were very clear, as I said in my remarks. They said, look, we really have two priorities. We want to win football games and we want to entertain our fans and i've asked that question repeatedly over the course of these past several months you know what their priorities are in fact i asked it just uh, in the past several days were there any changes and they've advised me to advise all of you that there are no changes they they are you know they are they are focused on those two priorities they want to win and they want to and they want to entertain their fans obviously that's in pursuit of growing their business so you know uh, Look, could, could that change? Perhaps, I, I don't know, but what I can tell you is what I've been told and they've been very clear that right now that um, it's steady as she goes and they're focused on their, their biggest priorities. But did you ask them if they wanted to own the team you know, for the next 5, 10, 15 years? You know? Well, you know, look, I, I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, I suppose uh, that to be fair I was probably asked the question gently uh, you know, what their, what their desire was, what their intentions were, but I, I think they knew exactly what I was asking, and I saw no hint at all that they, were, that they were shying away from owning the football team. And again, perhaps that'll change, but I can tell you they have been very positive and they've been very professional, they've been, they've been very good to deal with. I know the feedback from Mario has been very positive, so, you know, right now I have nothing to add other than, uh, you know, it, it, appears it's, it's, uh, it appears it's steady as she goes, at, le- at least for now. Thank you, Jeff. You want to go, Jeff Hamilton?
7: Hi, hey Randy, Thanks hi, for doing hi, this, Jeff. Uh, maybe we can get some clarity on what exactly happened with the all-star voting this year. We, we from what we understand, um, you know, it was a new thing that was brought in. Of course, added the fan uh, voting part. But you know, I, we're being told it wasn't in the CFL's hands as far as calculation. But we don't really know how something like that would happen. Yeah.
6: Well, first, Jeff, thank you. That's uh, it's an appropriate question and one that I'm happy to happy to address. Look, I'll start by I'll start by saying how um, how sick I was when I learned that um, that we had made a mistake because I've been in that locker room and I know what it means on um, on All Star announcement day. I know what it means to a player when their name is called, and I know what it means to a player when their name isn't called. And there's joy on one side of the dressing room and parts of the dressing room, and there's disappointment on the others. And um, and I think when you make a mistake and, you know, you potentially hurt your players because you've, you've got that wrong, that's, um, that's something that should never happen. I wrote to um, I wrote to each player that was affected by that um, by that mistake, and I apologized and I would say on a very positive note, I got back some of the most gracious uh, responses that you could imagine, uh, very thoughtful and very um, and, and, and frankly very uh, very warm, so I was pleased with that, but again, we shouldn 't have that mistake happen. Jeff, what really took place is as we introduce the uh, fan voting, that's part of our marketable fan strategy. It's an opportunity to can can, it, can reach out to the reach out to the football community, reach out to the CFL fan community, and encourage them to be part of our ecosystem. So what happened is when the in the calculations, which were done internally, so you know we we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't deflect that they were done internally. But what happened is they got the weighting wrong. So in our coaches and media, in our coaches and media balloting, which has always been our tradition, it was easy to calculate because it's a fairly small universe of voters, and um, and each voter's vote got the same weight as the other as the other uh, voters vote. But we had agreed that we would give the we'd give the fan voting a, um, a relatively small weighting. But what happened is they gave every every vote that weighting rather than the collective uh, the collective fan voting getting that that total weighting and so of course it skewed the results and um, you know look the, the mistake we made is that we didn't do a double and triple check we didn't have it we didn't have the list vetted I am a pretty i a pretty good eye for the players that play in our league and and had done, Greg Dick and I have talked about this had we seen the list had we had we looked at it Matt Mecheck has said this as well we would have known that something wasn't wasn't right um, but um, it was a calculation mistake made on our part, and really the, the mistake we made is that we didn't have a betting we didn't have a betting process. So what happened post uh, post the event is, we reminded everybody of our of our media pro- or, and our and, and our press release protocols because we have them, and that they have to be vetted by at least one member of the senior executive team who is in the appropriate area of expertise. And then ultimately they have to be signed off by me. So going forward, you know, that is, a, that is a stress test that we'll put on all of our press releases to make sure that we don't make that mistake again. But, Jeff, it was our mistake. It was done internally. There is nowhere to hide from the fact that it never should have happened. Uh, look, for what it's worth, um, I, I hope that the players who got my letter and I got a response from several, I hope they all know that, um, that we apologize and, and, and sincerely believe we'll never make that mistake again.
7: You brought in the salary or the non-player football operations salary cap a few years back. I'm just, you know, we've heard over the years, you know, certainly challenges from the people it affects the most, of course, you know, the front offices of, of each team. What feedback have you heard from the teams? How do you feel this balancing between making sure that, you know, they're fiscally responsible as clubs, but at the same time, we all know that, you know, good coaches, they weren't higher salaries. So, that weighing, that fiscal part with the development of teams and players and all that, and, and, where, and wh- what do you see the future yeah. of that salary count?
6: Well, yeah, Jeff, it's a good question and, again, something that, um, you know, is, I believe is going to be a, a, a constant work in progress. Look, one of the things that it did for us and one of the things it accomplished is that it uh, gave us an opportunity to live within our means. And, you know, if you want to build something and you want to build something sustainable, you have to make sure that uh, you, you have an affordable platform. The other thing it did is uh, addressed a major concern from our players that they were seeing a significant increase in the number of non-player, uh, uh, non-player teammates. And they were concerned that uh, one of the reasons they weren't having an opportunity for more success in in, in uh, income opportunities is because we were spending our money elsewhere. We tried to balance those interests when we sat down and we put a committee together from our management council. You heard Rick Kilolisher last night talk about how positive that has been for us and management council has been a real strong contributor. That's made up of all of our nine team presidents. So what we've committed to each other is that we'll review it every year. So this year we went through a process, uh, Greg Dick, uh, who leads our football operations, went through a process of talking to all of our presidents, you know, really getting their feedback on what they were hearing from their coaches and what they were thinking. Uh, we got one round of feedback, and then we shared that with the we shared that with management council. Got some additional feedback from the group, and took it away, and ultimately made a recommendation to management council, which they approved. Which we then shared with our board of governors. So, look, Jeff, it, this is one of these things where you you would love to pay everybody exactly, uh, you know, everything they wanted, and and Morris, you know, especially these some of the biggest stars in our game but what we know if we want to build a big strong long-term sustainable cfl we're going to have to do this one step at a time we're going to have to be if to stay within our means and we're going to have to keep adjusting these adjusting these programs upward as our success uh, as our success grows in the future and i think that's more the that's probably the most important principle is that we want to make sure that as our, as our situation improves, that we can share that. And that's why the revenue sharing plan within the CBA was so important. Because so we want to be able to share with those people who, who, who are helping us achieve success. And certainly the coaches and GMs and all of the non-player uh, personnel fit into that category.
3: Thanks for doing this, Randy. Um, you launched the uh, CFL 2.0 initiative with the goal of generating revenue from untapped markets. Through four years, has the league been able to generate any substantial revenue as a result of the global program?
6: Well, I would say no to substantial revenue. But uh, but has the program started to show some signs of progress? I think, it, I think the answer is yes. Um, but the real goal was m- not Really about international players it was but really was about a paradigm shift on our own thinking It was about thinking big it was about looking at our league differently than we had looked at it in the past You know as somebody famously said the definition of insanity is doing things the same way over and over and hoping for a different outcome and we've um, and we've taken a, a, a more um, progressive view of our future by saying that everything is uh, everything's on the table. How do we think about growing our game? How do we improve it? How do we make it more global? Why, why would we think... It, look, we're a relatively small country, roughly 37 million people, if uh, if memory serves, and it's a relatively small country, and how do we grow our revenues and grow our game? Part of that is a global outreach. I think when we will start to see global revenue kick in is when we get more and more global players who are making more significant contributions. We've had a few that have done incredibly well. I mean, this year, this year, I think we had uh, five of our punters were uh, were Australians. Uh, we had a couple of players, Federic uh, uh, Hansen in Winnipeg, of course, quite famously. I think has been probably our our single biggest uh, consistent contributor. He got suffered an injury. We had a, a, a great player in BC this year, so. Look, it's a long-term progress. It was never going to be the flip of a switch. But we're looking towards our media rights that expire at the end of 2026 and we're thinking about our long-term global media rights as we as we the entirety of what we're working on, the game, the business uh, and and everything else uh, that we're working on are all focused on how do we make sure that we're poised to harness the bigger, biggest global media rights opportunity when the, when our current deal with TSN uh, expires at the end of 2026. So.
4: All right, that's uh, a snippet of Randy Ambrose earlier today. At that one, he did not mention at that uh, press conference. He did not mention that the playoffs are going to Saturday starting next year, except for the Grey Cup. He did that at a fan event later. I asked him about a return to media week, or pardon me, CFL week. They had that a couple of years before the pandemic, a successful one right here in Regina, one in Winnipeg. He said he thought they were successful, but basically shied away from that and said, We need to be in touch with uh, the technological side, the digital side, and get our stories out to the people so that they can be in tune with our players. Which is great, and that is a good idea, but nothing is more impactful than uh, pressing the flesh I know it costs money but walk around here this weekend at the International Trade Center at the Real District and tell me that we couldn't have this in Regina every year a CFL week in the spring gotta spend money to make money like Amar Doman and uh, if you really want to uh, you talk about you know digital platforms and getting our stories out to people how about you broadcast the CFL awards huh? how about we do that this is the sports cage for friends at, Susque- or, uh, at uh, Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over
1: 65 years. Live from Ryderville on 620C. No series. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM.
4: Running a bit behind, but that's okay. Nothing is according to plan during Grey Cup week. We call audibles here, but this is our clutch performance brought to you by Nick Service. In Emerald Park, give me a call seven eight 1077 They're your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. My clutch performer of the day is the guy who's joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, Solomon Elamimian. Not only for his playing career, but doing a good job with the CFLPA helping to get a seven-year deal with the league. Solly, thanks for joining me. First off, uh, how are you enjoying Grey Cup Week? Uh, it's
5: awesome. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to come on and you know chat with you chat some football and it's even more special to talk about you know break cup week and um you know just enjoy the festivities with our tremendous fans and you know watch a, a great a great cup this Sunday
4: Hey you uh, you played here for a bit mostly a BC Lion but what was it like did you even know what you were getting into when you came to Saskatchewan and are you happy that you got to spend a snippet of your career here
5: you know uh, you always want to play in the same City, the same place for as long as possible. You always have that, you know, vision as a player to, you know, start your career some, you know, uh, at a specific uh, place and end at a specific place. Um, And certainly, I did too. But when I played for Saskatchewan Roughriders, it was a great experience. You know, the fans, the atmosphere is like nothing, you know, nothing I've seen before. And you know, I had a really good, uh, really good time in 2019. I was signed in 2020. Unfortunately, um, the season, you know, didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, hats off to the Saskatchewan rough Ride fans. are one of the best um, in Canada and one of the best, you know, um, across all sports.
4: So, Solomon, you mentioned 2019. It's funny, eh? Winning and losing is a fine line. The Bomber's about to become the first dynasty, really, in the CFL. By that, I mean winning three championships in a row, if they can do it on Sunday, since Edmonton did it from 78 to 82. You were a part of the Riders that was a crossbar away from going to the Grey Cup. That literally is as close as you can get to uh, winning and losing, so to speak. Uh,
5: uh, thanks, for, thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> you no, know, I still have nightmares about that 2019 season, you know, just the opportunity that we had. Um, just a great group of guys, great experience, great, you know, great players, and you know, it was just really, came down to their last play. Um, it was a great game, and you know, hats off to uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you know. Um, they've had a lot of success, and I think they have a good culture over there, so yeah, we were one uh, play away from, um, I think, winning the Great Cup, you know, if we could beat them, I think we had a really good shot shot at um, a at, uh, playing in the great cup and winning great cup
4: your old running mate adam big hill is in line for another championship what makes him so good and and, and how can you have that longevity like he's had for so long because you were that way too yeah
5: you know what adam takes care of his body you know first of all you have to be gifted you know you have to be talented and you know a lot of it is god you know god given um but also he he, he puts in the time he takes care of his body um, in, you know, every off season, you know, whether it's the stretching routine, you know, the weightlifting routine. I think he modifies it from year to year. So he's definitely, you know, did his part. And also he's a student of the game as well. You know, spending extra time in the film room, film sessions, making sure he knows where, you know, his spots is at and what everyone is doing and making sure everyone's lined up. I think he provides tremendous value for, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know, they're, they're a smart team to have them. And, you know, he's just proven that age is nothing but a number.
4: Yeah, no kidding. Solomon Ellemimian joining us here from the CFLPA, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, former BC Lion. Great, uh, you and Big Hill combined. You had each over 100 tackles back in the day. I think what it was the 2016 with the BC Lions. Well, Sankey and Dean did it this year for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Sankey somehow didn't get an All Star. Was you know 120 tackles a, a rider record? Talk about what your body goes through to make that many tackles because you did it. Wow he's
5: going to look let's just say this, he'll be sore for the next couple months. You know, him and Larry Dean <laughs> will be sore for the next couple months. You know, it's not easy and especially not easy when, you know, you're, you know, you're not really playing for much in terms of the standings. You know, at some point they were, you know, I think knocked out of the playoffs and he kept battling. Him and Larry Dean kept battling and those two guys are one of the better linebackers in the CFL. We have a lot of good players, a lot of good linebackers and Larry, uh, Larry Dean and uh, Donnell Stanton for sure fit the bill. Um, I have a really good relation with both of them. Um, I played with uh, Larry Dean in uh, Minnesota, and you know, matter of fact, when he went through his Achilles tear, I actually gave some tips. So, um, you know, it's always great to see um, great players bounce back, especially from potential uh, career, um, you know, career-ending injuries, and certainly Larry Dean did that, and even, you know, Sankey, coming from a different team and different environment, you know, those guys definitely had um, stellar stellar seasons, so um, it's always good to see them um, have success.
4: I know you're busy, so just a couple more quick questions for you. In the address today, the commissioner with the media said, hey, we uh, you know, we want to uh, get out there digitally and get our player stories out to the community and things like that. Uh, it is a community-based uh, league. There's no doubt about it. But I, I have to snicker, and, and no disrespect, but when I hear that, okay, that's great. But on the other side, we don't even broadcast the darn player awards. Like, don't you... I feel like this league doesn't do a good enough job with its broadcast partner of creating stars.
5: Mm -hmm. Well, I I think that, um, you know, there's things that we can look at to create stars. I think our players are the stars. Um, They're tremendous athletes and they have interesting stories. A lot of these guys' stories, if you listen to it, it's very interesting and very compelling. What we have to do is be able to market that and show that across, you know, not just Canada, but across North America to attract our uh, new fans. So, you know, the great thing about this long-term, seven-year, uh, you know, collective agreement is we also have a seat at the table, and we also have some great ideas in terms of how we can market the stars better. Um, next month, we have our first uh, ventures uh, meeting, and um, I believe that meeting will have Genius Sports. I'm sure you heard a lot about Genius Sports and what they bring to the table. So, we'll be able to, um, you know, understand their role and what they envision CFL, but also be able to give feedback. But, um, you know, the the seven-year deal allows for a runway, a runway of ideas and a runway of actual
4: items. So lastly, Solomon, my question to you, after leaving the game and being in the role you are now president of CFLPA, how has this made you a better person doing what you're doing now? Uh,
5: excuse me. Can you repeat that question?
4: Said how doing what you're doing for the CFLPA? How's that made you a better person now? Well, you all just, I'm
5: think it's not about me. You know, it's not about me. It's about these guys, right? I'm, there's different things I could be doing with my time, um, but I really care about the players. I really care about the CFL. The opportunity the CFL has afforded a kid from Los Angeles, inner city Los Angeles, to play professional ball is um, something that I want to just help and repay back. Uh, you know, I've had some, you know, tough, you know some tough moments in life. I've had some, you know, tough injuries. And, you know, the CFL gave me the platform to do what I love. And I just want to make sure that that platform continues for the guys to come, you know, after me. And I feel the CFL has a lot of potential, and I want to see that potential unlocked. And um, that's why I and You know, the board of directors, our executive director, Brian Ramsey, that's why we do what we do and put in the hours um, that we put in.
4: All right. Thank you for your time, Solomon. I appreciate hey, it, man. You quick. have yourself a great day, okay? Uh, real, real quick, just want to
5: say um, we're going down to the Fat Badger. Uh, come on down. We're announcing the CFLP All-Stars. Um, we got a sponsorship with uh, Fast Polytech. So if you're in the area, come on down to the Fat Badger. We'll be there till about 7, 8 o'clock today. Um, come hang out with the, uh, the players, and we'll be able to sign some autographs.
4: Awesome, man. Thanks for your time, Solomon. Enjoy a great cup week. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Well. T- We'll take a break and be back with more of the Sports Cage from Ryderville on 620 CKRM.
1: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. The site of uh, the team party
4: room here site of Sports Cage for the last two days. I'm Michael Ball, your host. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your Grey Cup week. You can get a hold of us on the uh, text line brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln, located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one Ford dealership in the province, 306-936-6262. Our text line, uh, send them along and I'll pass them along. I want to know where you're listening from today. Give you a shout out, your thoughts on who's going to win the game, your thoughts on the Maybe what the commissioner said earlier. We do know that the playoffs are moving, which I'm all in favor of. They're moving from uh, Sunday to Saturday. The semifinals and the final uh, weekend are moving to Saturday. The Grey Cup stays on Sunday. I got this from my uh, producer, my regular producer, Sean Kleisinger, who is... uh, battling some health stuff, but he should be back in December. By the way, thanks to Colson Schultz for stepping in and doing a great job behind the scenes uh, back at Harvard Control. But anyway, Sean said, you know, he's a fired-up sports fan. He goes, I've been watching the practices for Mosaic, and the logos still have Rider logos in the end zone and the Mosaic logo at center field. They better put a Grey Cup logo at center field and the Argos and the Bombers logos in the end zone. That's tradition. They need to do it. So we'll see. I'll try to get to the bottom of that. Maybe when Dave Naylor comes on, he's uh, pretty fired up. So anyway, the playoffs are moving as of next year. The only other thing I would like to see, and I agree with uh, one of the uh, great Ryder fans that texted me at the Real Ballsy, or tweeted me at the Real Ballsy, pardon me, and he had said, you know, I don't disagree that Kyle Waldenberger, I agree with the move, but he said, I would love to see them, or check, that was Daryl saying this, I'd love to see them move the game up from, uh, you know, to... 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't disagree with that. I know they keep the game later for prime time and and the numbers, so TV wants that. But in the name of player safety, it's almost better to to have the game put up. Like, for instance, you got the the game on Sunday. It's, what, about a 5 o'clock kickoff? Something like that? And the temperature is minus 1 during the day. And usually... 3, 4 o'clock is when you reach your peak in terms of the temperature, and then it drops. So, uh, you know, player safety, You want we, we talk about player safety, concussions and all that. Well, if you really care, uh, we should have a discussion about that, too. But I know TV factors in and everything like that. Back to what the commissioner said about the uh, global initiative, Global 2.0. He admitted that it hasn't uh, really affected the bottom line much, but they are making progress, and the revenue will be there once they get more players playing. For for instance, we had like four kickers. Well, is it the global kicker initiative or global player initiative? I know we're on the the, the start of it, so we got to get it built up. But I thought the whole thing was, uh, you know, for a revenue-based thing. If there is no revenue, if we're getting nothing from it, I don't know what we're going to see here. Uh, be very interesting. But we are locked in until the end of the CBA, which is another six years after this year. So uh, hopefully, it does uh, go the way Randy wants. I'm just. Uh I'm very skeptical, let's be honest with that. He did also go on to say that he uh, wants to stay in the job as long as the board of directors wants him. He said in this job, it's a lot to do with collaboration between he and the different teams, and Mark Cohen has talked about that before when we've talked to him. You know, you got the private teams, the community-owned teams like the Riders, the Blue Bombers, and the Elks, and then you got the privately-owned teams like Amar Doman and the Toronto Argonauts, who earlier this year didn't really like the structure of this league and now they're in the championship game uh but yeah so he said you gotta work with these different opinions about the direction we should go in and he said i've done a better job through some trying times at doing that and uh, he said he works at the pleasure of the board of directors and is hoping to uh keep in that top chair for as long as they want him so there you go all right so last night the awards were handed out. And we'll hear from Kalaros and Nathan Rourke a little later on. They were two of the big winners. Bombers really cleaned up. But let's first hear from Mario Alford, who turns out to be your special teams player of the year in the CFL.
8: Been through a lot, you know, being traded and midway through the season. So um I gotta say it's a blessing, man. That's that's all I can say. If I'm if I'm healthy, if I'm if I'm playing a hundred percent of the times I'm on the field, and I get ten to twelve punts or kit returns i'm going something special gonna happen that's just how I feel, and that's my confidence so uh i I just have confidence in myself It's through the roof, and I always felt that way if I'm on the field playing and and I got the ball in my hands, I feel like something great gonna happen. You know, I think it was all business, man, like uh I got hurt first game of the season within the first ten, 10 minutes of the game, and uh, I got hurt, and I was out the whole game, and next week, Worthy, Chandler Worthy's a great guy, he came up, and um, he he took the lead by surprise, and, you know, he took over, What he, he did what he had to do, and I just think it was a business decision, and um, hats off to him, and I don't think it was nothing hard, but it was money decision, and you know, if, you, if you're paying a guy this much when you got a guy who can do just as good as he, why not keep this guy? And um, like I said, it, it happened for the best, and we're here now. So.
9: And in
4: the CFL, <laughs> so he is not the Western All-Star for special teams player. That went to January and Grand of the Bombers, who so had a great season, set some Bomber records. But Mario Alford, who is just the fifth player to return a kick for a touchdown, a punt for a touchdown, and a missed field goal for a touchdown in the same season, fifth player ever to do that. He's not a Western All-Star, but he is your special teams player of the year of the CFL. Let that marinate for a second. (laughs) Uh, But, hey, all's well that ends well. Good job by Mario Alford. And a great job to Dan Clark, who wins the Community Service Award, the Jake... Goodore Award—it's handed out uh, to that player. That kind of exemplifies what the military brings to the table: courage, perseverance, and community spirit—a community, uh, you know, mentality to prop up his community. And the winner is Dan Clark.
9: I don't know. I think from breaking your leg in week two and being 34, zero, 34 years old, you're kind of backs against the uh, against the wall at that point. And you're either decide that, you know what, my time's head button defense alignment's over or you, uh, you put yourself back into a 25-year-old's body and mindset and you keep working and you work and work and work. Um, I was very fortunate Shaq Evans broke his leg uh, the following week in Montreal, I believe, and uh, having, that, having that relationship the whole time and to uh, chase that with, uh, with him. So step-in-step step, trying to keep up with Shaq was something that I needed. It it means everything. It means everything that I've worked for, um, every leadership capability of myself, every selflessness that I can put forward, um, and that shows to every person in that locker room that um, I will choose a lot of stuff. Uh, I will choose everybody in that locker room over myself. No matter that situation, I'll put my brothers before me um and it wasn't so much about you know getting back and having that success it was about going to war with my brothers on that offensive line the struggles they dealt with yeah i was there mentally but i wanted to be out there physically i wanted to go to war with them every single day and their their struggles i wanted to be a part of them and their 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 highlights i wanted to be with them so um this this trophy means everything. 49 it's time to
1: step into the radio octagon You're tuned to The Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Still to come, we'll here from Dave Naylor and Jeff Hamilton and John
4: Chick and Craig Reynolds. And we'll get the Mike Pinball Clemens in a second. Our sports stickers brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating where professional services guaranteed. They're going to treat you right, 781-2098. It's great cup all the time. Great cup weekend. Great cup 109. That's the only sports thing that matters around here. Except I do want to give a shout-out to the U of S Huskies. They're taking on in the U uh, Tech Bowl, the semifinal for. Uh, U Sports football, Saint FX out in Nova Scotia. We're supposed to be plus five. Three Regina connections on that team. We got Mason Nice, the Heck Crichton nominee at quarterback. We got Riker Frank from Regina at running back, and we got Scott Flory, Hall of Famer, who's the coach trying to get his team back to the Vanier Cup. So good luck to them, but not too much because we're Regina Ram fans. And this guy spoke at a Rams fundraising dinner. He's Mike Pinball Clemens. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me. I know it's been a busy weekend. I said. On my show uh, earlier this week with Jim Hobson, I said, I think one of the great, I said, the greatest figure in CFL history was Ron Linecaster when he took his coaching, his playing, his broadcasting, and ambassadorship. But uh, Mike Hogan, your play by play and communications guy, rightfully put me in my place and said, it's a first place tie with Mike Pinball Clements. That must make you feel good.
0: Well, I have to say, if if I'm in the same sentence with Ronnie Lancaster, a guy who I admired, he he was a role model for me. He even helped me. Uh, he he uh, gave me a a uh, a booklet of um, different situational kind of things, and 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 uh, so and and kind of gave me the like like what would you do in this situation? You know, you know, it's so much time on the clock, and and uh, so he is a mentor to me. Uh, I have to defer to him. Uh, I, I can be maybe named in the same sentence, but but I'm not on the same tier, I have to look up to him.
4: Well, I think you're uh, uh, very modest, I'll I'll, get, I'll give Mike Hogan credit, he, he did set me in my place, I think it is a dead heat first place tie. The league is better with you in it and around it, but hey, do you get to enjoy yourself more now in the GM role, your job's done, you come in here, and you get to enjoy Grey <laughs> Cup week in the heartland of football.
0: Uh, you, you know what? That that part, the last part, is absolutely true. I get to enjoy it in the heartland of so there's there's no question about that. But but this role, when you're less hands on. Is actually produces a little bit more anxiety, right? Um, because you know, it. it uh, you, you have to sit and wait like, you know, we, we guys in, in this kind of situation, I shouldn't say guys because we have so many uh, girls today that, um, ladies I should say, uh, that are such an instrumental part of our, our, our teams and now they're refereeing and coaching and doing all the other uh, things and, and so, but so when you get to this point, right, when, uh, especially when you're used to either playing or having coach you know uh, having that direct access and being directly involved with the game plan uh, there's a high level of trust uh, but it is accompanied by, the, by a lot of nerves uh, this week That there's no question
4: about that what did you see in Ryan Dinwiddie that you knew this guy would be a great head coach
0: uh, the first thing is it's in his DNA he absolutely loves it my one of my favorite stories is the story about him uh, when he was uh, with his dad uh, um, His dad was you know the head coach and he was uh, out playing around I think he was around two years old and and, uh, and he almost got zipped up in the bag he was in the bag and they started to zip it and and of course popped out pops his head uh, and He just, um, it's just in his vein, it's in his blood, he works So phenomenally hard that, you know, if you, if you want to talk about, you know, um, you know, why is he here? Why has he been nominated for, uh, the player of the year and, or the coach of the year in the East, uh, for two consecutive years? Why have we come in place first place for two consecutive uh, years in the Eastern division? It is because of his diligence. Absolutely. You gotta have all the people around you, and so we, we don't want to excuse that, that by any means, right? If you're the smartest guy in the room, it's your own fault, right? So you gotta put excellence around you, but, but, every day during the pandemic in 2020 he was in the office uh you you know they you couldn't have multiple people and all of that many offices were closed i was was deemed closed but he was in every day going into the office even with a, a young son who was just born he still had the discipline to go into the office on a daily basis and uh and he takes that same work ethic and everybody around him absorbs that and so uh he he he, he's done the work to get here.
4: Hey, you never played in Saskatchewan, Mike, but you get a chance to be a fan favorite on Sunday because I think most of the Ryder fans that kept their tickets are going to be cheering for the Argos. That must, uh, that must get you guys pumped up. You're the home team, I
6: think.
0: Uh, well, you know we we really appreciate uh, uh the love that has been extended since we've been here uh and yes, we have had many fans that have told us that they'll be cheering for us uh but that 's the greatness of our league you know the the great rivalries and uh you know I, I think next year um you know the shoe might be on the other foot, right? Because uh, yeah. that game is in Hamilton, and uh, so if, if we're lucky enough to make it back uh, to, to the to the Great Cup again, uh, I, I don't think Hamilton fans will be cheering for us, right? So uh, that that's that's part of the one of the league, and so we really appreciate the passion, and, and especially okay. in the epicenter of Canadian football.
4: Okay, you got a minute left, Mike. Uh, Mike Pinball Clemens, the coach who won it in two thousand and four. What do you got to do to win this game on Sunday?
0: uh well, we have to score one more point than they do <laughs> so, so, so you know we we talk we you know we talk about you know the game in this fashion uh you know we we defense has been our you know Backbone all all year long, and and you know offense actually uh, you know was you know more a bigger part of the win last week. And so, uh, in when you get to the big game, you know you don't know what's going to happen, right? The biggest thing is being able to respond. Your respondability, your ability to to respond to whatever happens in the game, and uh, and I think both teams are very capable in that area. So I look forward to a great game, and uh, uh, and I'm picking Argos. I won.
4: All right, man. That's good, man. I'm hoping you're right. Our best scenario in Saskatchewan is the Winnipeg fans come here, spend all their money, and the Argos win. That's how I feel. Hey, Pinball, thanks for your time, man. Enjoy the rest of the week, okay? Thanks, Ballsy. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. That is Mike Pinball Clemens, one of the greatest of all time. When we come back, John Chick will join us on the other side of the 5 o'clock news. We'll get to a couple of your texts, too. This is the Sports Cage live from Ryderville for our friends at Nelson Homes on 620 CK Street.
1: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM.
4: Welcome back to the Sports Cage, live from Riderville. Our second day down here. I'll be on the stage. I'm seeing all the entertainment tonight, which goes to midnight. It's got lots of great things down here. A portable Rider store in here. We got a setup for a Rider alumni. We are just inside the doors here at Riderville. Uh, we're expecting John Chick to be here soon. Although I do not see the big guy. Hey, Chicker. John Chick is here. Come sit right here, John. He's looking around, his head's in the clouds. We'll uh, get you on here in a second, John. The show is brought to you by our friends at Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our texts via the uh, Capital Four Lincoln text line at 936-6262. And all our guests on the phone. Via the Western Pizza Hotline Before we get to John Chick I'll read a couple of your texts Uh, This one from TC and Medicine Ad Ballsy, I love the move to Saturday for the playoffs Let's move the season up two weeks Start the regular season June 1st or end of May And how is Mario Alford A special team player of the year Not an all-star in the West Let's go Argos Yeah, you're right TC, I agree on all those points Uh, This one from George from the Pilot Butte Rodeo For Randy and CFL Ballsy just hit it On the head, no coverage of the awards and virtually no report on the winners in local or national media. A CTV 1130 AM touched on it, but not a full list. Nothing on CBC, nothing on Global Sportsnet or even SportsCenter. Relationships need to be created to promote the accolades. Even a pre-award ceremony highlight reel designated to those who were nominated in the East and the West would have been nice. Yeah, we need to see... uh, more of that. No doubt about it. All right. Our buddy John Chick here, former Great Cup champ with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How are you, bud? I'm
10: great, man. Good to be here. Good to see you back in my, town. My uh, eyebrows are defrosting here just yeah. a bit
4: still still. So. No kidding. Yeah, you're <laughs> down in Florida. So what's it like to come up here to the old uh, Prairie
10: Winterland again? It's no, no matter how you prepare yourself, it's a shock always, yeah. but, uh, to the system. But uh, at the same rate, I found myself uh, walking over here feeling a little bit of pride like yeah, you're suffering with all the rest here. So. Yeah. So, do you feel pride
4: that you're an alumni of this team and of this community? Oh, absolutely. You know, what did you think when you first got here?
10: When you first got to Saskatchewan, what were your first thoughts? I, I mean, it, it's just like going home. You know, it's it, that, that feeling when you come, oh, yeah, back to comfort, back to uh, a place you love. Um, you know, climate and, and joking aside, I mean, it's always harsh, but shoot, last night, I mean, there were like four flights that got in yeah. when I did, it was second closest other than returning from the Grey Cup in 07. Yeah. I never seen the airport that full. So that was like, wow, where are all these people coming from, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of kind of cool to see that uh, here in Saskatchewan,
4: for sure. Two-time Grey Cup winner, John Chick. This week's kind of similar, only a... Well, the Riders aren't in it, but what I mean weather-wise, it was really cold. I remember walking into the old Taylor Field to cover the very first practice of the week for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and they were all around the heater, and I thought, Riders won this thing. I yep. thought right there, the Riders won that thing. But then, I did my pregame show from the soccer center here at 2013, the old Riderville right. spot, and I bundled up for the game, and then... When I was done the pregame show, I started to walk to the stadium with the fans, and I'm like, I'm overdressed. It was like somebody put a heater over the stadium. It was beautiful.
10: It was. It was. It was crazy how that weather changed, right? Uh, I mean, I remember hearing rumors of players getting frostbite, that kind of stuff that week. So it was ridiculous, but yeah, it it did get... Right for the game. I hope the same for these guys. Cause it's supposed to be minus one, which is good.
4: You're, you're, the West final you played in and smoked Calgary. That was a really cold game. They didn't even want to
3: play.
10: Guys were telling me Calgary was ready to just mail it in halfway yep. through the game. Yep. Yep. I, I remember that. And shut down. Was it Cornish? Was yeah. Cornish? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was. You could just, you, you could get that sense when when you showed up there, and and that's odd as the the traveling team to go in with that kind of confidence. But I think that was just the mindset, the heart of the those guys, man. Yeah, you know. So so you played
4: in two, you won two Grey Cups with the Riders. When you were in 2007, did you really know what it was all about, and how did that mentality change from 2007 to the one here?
10: You know, it is the. There's two different yeah. sides of that coin. You come in and you do that as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. That's your expectation now. Yeah. Um, and so that was my expectation. Uh, it was spoiled. Yeah. I heard all the stories. Knew that that was the only third one yeah. that we'd won here in that time. So I knew all that. Still, this is now. This is who we got. Yeah. Why not do it again? And so you, you get that chip on your shoulder. It's like, we should be there every year. Yeah. And as you get older, too, and, and grumpier, expectation, it was the same thing. So then come back in 13, de- definitely a different feel. Now we've, we've been there. And now we got teammates that yeah. have been there and won that. So the expectation isn't just... A few of us. It's it's a lot of it. It's the dang province. Expecting you to win it. Uh, That's a whole different uh, environment uh, uh, mindset going into it. Yeah, you're you're very much into mindset and culture.
4: So, so in. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have great culture, It said. They're going for their third straight championship. You were here in 07. You left for a bit to go down to the NFL. Then you came back. But you were in two really good locker rooms here. What makes for a good culture? Is it the coaches? Or is it the players? Or is it a combination of both? Or do the coaches set the
10: mentality like Austin? And you take it it over. It's all of it. It, From the top bottom, it's all of it. And no one likes to see a three-peat or a four-peat or any of that kind of crap. At the same time, when I see an organization doing everything right, meaning O'Shea's a players' coach, they aren't. You aren't playing with a new team every week. That Jones BS, yeah, that ain't working for anybody. Yeah. Uh, I talked to several players on that team who said we're playing with a new team every week. Right. Okay. So that's from the top down. That don't work in the CFL. a community game, it don't work at any level that I know. Mm. But to to watch it again I am a writer I yeah. know what it's like to watch the bad guys doing well but at the same time I'm cheering for him I played with Zach Claros he was not coached well he was not he's a great person great player and I'm happy to see him succeed O'Shea played in this league together for a number of years that guy deserves a success Richie Hall yeah these guys who you just love it's a culture and that culture was here and it left because the grass was somewhere greener on the other side yeah i ain't talking trash all i'm saying is if i'm cheering for anybody tomorrow i'm cheering for who's doing it right i couldn't tell you the first thing about the argonauts yeah uh, so i don't know uh, what chip uh, who's coaching them all that kind of stuff But I know the guys on on that blue one. Well, you know
4: know, one of the guys, Ryan Dinwiddie. And what's interesting is Ryan Dinwiddie was the quarterback for the Bombers when Glenn broke his arm and he didn't play in the game and you guys took advantage of that. Now Dinwiddie is the head coach on that sideline. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, your old friend Zach Calaros, he's not 100%. I don't think he's close to 100%. He was in practice today but not rolling out and doing things that he normally does. It might be an ironic twist where Dignity has a chance to win a championship for Winnipeg's with quarterback with that same background. That yep. same background. Yep. It's going to be interesting.
10: And that's all you hope for is you hope for the two best teams to be in the Grey Cup. You hope for a great great, great Cup. And uh, I expect it. I know Winnipeg is is ready and it but for me it's it's not just because they have a superstar or a super coach or a super owner, all that kind of stuff. It's it's collective. And it's, you know, I had a coach who, who, who spoke of it. It's the do right principle. You do right, you do right in the community, you do right by each other, you don't treat people as pawns, you don't treat people as, cat. you, you, yeah. you just do right. And when you do right, and you expect right, then you do it in the community, you do it wherever you are. A uh, phrase I just heard that, that big in my mind right now is, in fact, I, I shared it on a post yesterday. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Good point. Good way. The way you do anything is the way you do everything.
4: Hey, I want to get a comment about Dan Clark, who won the Community Service Award. He just won the Jake Godore Community Service Award. It recognizes courage, perseverance, and community service. I know you guys uh, know each other, played together. He's a guy that did it.
10: He does it the right way. He scraped, does. and Claude yes. came from junior football. Yep. Nothing was given to that guy. Yep, N- nothing. And I uh, uh, absolutely love Dan Clark. He's a, uh, a brother uh, to me, and we'll always be connected in that way. We you know, went, went against each other in the in the line, but in yep. the locker room, we were each other's best friends, and yep. we were at every community uh, event together, and, and that guy serves. But it's not for accolade. It's not for notice. It's the do-right principle. It's that's he's from here. That's the core, uh, who, yeah. who the, the the mindset that he is, the the heart's there, and so there's you don't have to pretend, you don't yeah. have to act. Yeah, and and it bleeds in everything he does, and uh, yeah, when he came in, I can tell you, I had a, an initial thought about who Dan Clark was, and the dude freaking just grinded and built himself and has made himself a star in this league for a long time. Um, you know, I know he's uh, had a little bit of health uh, yeah. issues here lately, but yeah. uh, he's a grinder. And uh, grinders will always rise to the top. Rise to the top. Okay, so
4: tell me about what you're doing and you, you got a venture you're involved with. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no
10: know, just been uh, uh, excited. Same kind of thing. Yeah. How you do anything yeah. is how you do everything. I'm not a part-time. I'm not a uh, half-in kind of guy. Uh, I have found something that changed my life um, in, in in multiple areas, and um, I've been able to share that with many. Yep. Um, we, you, and I have seen what this world is is doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, nobody can hide from inflation. Inflation is kicking everyone's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the mandates have been put on people's, wh- wh- Whatever side you, you yep. know, you're on, it yep. as people have been forced to do. Tell things that they don't want to. Um, have been forced by their employers to do things that they don't want to. Um, I didn't go back to the Edmonton Eskimos for a personal decision because yep. of a culture that yep. we talked about. It didn't. It didn't align with my culture. Yep. What I believe. Um, when I retired, I had an opportunity to be a strength coach with the Jaguars. Yep. I was already married to football once. I need to be married to my family now. Yeah. And so I started working for myself. That being said, even working for yourself, you're married to it. Yep. And what I found is an opportunity to come out from them in a way that is still serving people, mm-hmm. helping them in their health yep. and their wealth, um, helping them to... If something like what happened two years ago happens again you aren't stuck you aren't confined by no and in fact the people I'm working with use that opportunity and excel and I'm talking six seven-figure earners um, and so you know I'm biggest thing is I want people to who are looking for something different right is I believe in eight to five, too. I'm yeah. a grinder. Yeah. You, you, you got to grind. But we've been in a mindset our whole life that says go pay. <laughs> I, I was just listening to something on the way here today. Uh, it was about a guy who was talking about his mom. He's like, they can never steal your education from you. Yeah. And he was like, who wants to steal my education from me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's not against education. I love education. I have teachers in my family, all that kind of stuff. But we have such a mindset that says, you have to go do X for four or seven years to, to get this yep. pedigree. Once you've done that, we're done with the personal growth. Now you got the JOB. Yeah. And you go work for Somebody whoever. Yeah. Says, well, guess what? You got to believe this. You got to tweet this. You got to uh, show up. You got to get this or that. And whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta, I got my degree, so I could be qualified to, you know, go do all these kind of things. Well, there's another way. And mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying is that doesn't mean that that's bad. But there are ways where you can still have that living, use your niche, use your skill level yeah. to to benefit humanity. Um, so, if people want
4: to get more information, because we're up against the clock, where yes. can they get a hold of you? Can they talk to you this week? Where can they find
10: you? Well, tomorrow, yep. Saturday, um, yep. from two p.m. to four p.m., I'm at tux- Tuxedo Courts doing a presentation. Okay, I will be very specific as to what we're doing. Yeah, uh, inviting everyone to come to that. It's just an opportunity presentation. That being said, you don't have to come on board. We're gonna make a fun. I'm gonna be telling some writer stories, um, cutting cut loose. I did bring a 07 Great Cup football nice. autograph signed. Uh, That's going to be part of a giveaway. I'm going to uh, sign my jersey that I'll be wearing. That'll be a giveaway for people who, who jump on board with us. I brought a bunch of player cards that I will be signing for people. Um, and we'll have other prize giveaways as well. and uh, Basically, just sharing information. Other than that, I can be reached on social media, yeah. on my writer account, um, You know, Facebook, um Yep, I just jumped back on Twitter. You okay, can, you can imagine why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hey, but, we're against the clock. Thanks, yeah, man. I appreciate yeah, it yeah. once
4: again. At tuxedos, he said tomorrow, yes. two tuxedos to four. Tuxedo course, two to four. All right, man. Thanks for your yeah, time. God bless. That's John Chick, former rider, great two-time Great Cup champ. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on six twenty.
1: Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back
4: to the Sports Cage here live from Riderville. Thanks for uh, making us part of your day. Send us texts at Capital Ford Lincoln. Text line 936-6262. Like Leonard, didn't the Riders win a great cup in Winnipeg and had to use their locker room? I'm just saying that was in their old stadium No, the Riders never won a great cup in Winnipeg Ever Leonard, never So, uh, no, they didn't They won a great cup against Winnipeg in Toronto They did do that uh, In 2007 The 1989 one they won in Toronto against Hamilton. Greatest Grey Cup ever. 43-40. The Tony Champion Broken Ribs game. They won one in 1966. I believe Empire Stadium wasn't alive for that one. That was uh, over Ottawa. And they won in 2013 here against Hamilton. 45-23 in a game that was contested November 24th, 2013. Who will win the 109th Grey Cup? We're not sure, but uh, we're cheering for the Argonauts, no doubt here in Ryder Nation. Coming up, we'll have Jeff Hamilton join Joining us from uh, Winnipeg, veteran writer there, Dave Naylor and Craig Reynolds. But first, Kid Canada who now has a lot of NFL workouts, including two next week. Nathan Rourke played half the season, 3,300 yards, 25 touchdowns, Until some people were outraged that he won the Outstanding Canadian yesterday. I'm sorry, Curly Gittins Jr., the Argos' outstanding star receiver, played the entire year, had over 1,100 yards. I hope he scores four touchdowns in the Grey Cup, okay? But the most outstanding Canadian, Nathan Rourke. Let's hear from him.
11: Um, You know, like I said in my speech, I just hope that um, moving forward, and it's certainly shown, you know, with players like myself and and Trey Ford getting opportunities this year that, you know, Canadian quarterbacks are continuing to be given opportunities not because – uh, where they come from um, and I seriously when I was when I came to this league initially people were like be careful the way they, they treat Canadian quarterbacks and I got lucky enough to not go to an organization that puts a lot of weight in that so hopefully that continues and hopefully the league can continue to value Canadians as well as a whole I have a tremendous group I have a tremendous group and we were clicking and it was really fun to be a part of and um, such an unselfish group group that was working for each other and um uh a, a, just a coaching staff that are tireless tireless workers and um really uh really really fun to be a part of we had some great crowds there at bc place too uh to start it off so we had some momentum going on and, and uh just a, just a fun ride fun fun ride yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i think that maybe the development needs to start at, a, at an earlier level um just because i think that at a certain point grouping canadian quarterbacks different than americans is detrimental to a to a certain extent, right? um, I think there's room for growth. I'm not sure exactly how that's to be done, um, but I certainly hope to um, certainly like to think that we're helping with the with the product we put on the field. The Doug Flutie pace, like the records and like stuff.
10: 6,000 yards
11: and like you guys we never fi- we never fixated on that. You know, it was all about winning games. You know, and um, unfortunately, we came up a little bit short this year and, and hopefully we're able to retain a lot of the group and, and be able to get another run at next year yeah I, I think that you know early on we we showed a, that we could win in a number of different ways i look at, i look back i think back to that hamilton game that we played at home you know i think our our defense really won that one for us so um, we were able to win in a, in a number of different ways our offense certainly was clicking at some points um, but i think we showed that uh, good teams find ways different ways to win and, and we did that this year um i just know for going into next year there's still a lot of work to be done you know and um i think the the, the last west final game was 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 evidence of that and um certainly you have to get beat good teams to 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 win this thing which is ultimately the goal and you have to be able to play well in cold weather right so gotta be 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 better than that um it's a it's a long season and health is priority be able to play all 18 games plus hopefully a couple more It's certainly gotten a a greater appreciation for the people who can pull that off, Um, and so I'm hopefully hoping that I can pull that together a little bit, and then um, at the end of the day, uh, win some football games. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the details, I don't exactly know. Um, I know that we're taking some time off, and we're going to try to figure out exactly what the plan is. Um, I I do know that we want to get it done as quickly as possible, just in terms of respecting the P C lions we want to be able to make sure that the least amount of questions they have going into their off-season process um and just kind of so that they know where i'm at um and, and where i'm going to be available uh, i think that owe them that much um so um you know i never got an opportunity to, p- to play quarterback at the nfl level and i think i wouldn't be able to walk away from this game um hopefully years from now knowing that i never gave myself that chance or that uh give that, give myself that look, so that's why we're doing it, and that's why hopefully something comes of it, and if it doesn't, got a great great organization, BC Lions, that I, I'd be a privilege to come back and play for. It is a little bit of a different game in terms of the footwork and a lot of the stuff. It's like you, you're going a bunch of interviews, right? So, you know, wear a bunch of all your best suits and make sure you look nice, and I got a firm handshake and go from there. Well, it was more, more so my foot. Um, you know, my foot doesn't do well with flights. And uh, not being elevated, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty swollen after the Winnipeg game. Um, so that's why I'm limping around a little bit. Um, so uh, that, was, that was the main thing, and, and uh, obviously you want to be healthy and you want to recover and um, it was no disrespect to anybody. I just wanted to make sure that I was in a good place to be able to perform whenever that would be. and um, but glad that I, glad that I came and could share this uh, this honor with some really great people)
4: Welcome back here to Ryderville. That was Nathan Rourke, the most outstanding Canadian, and obviously two-thirds of the teams want to, uh, they're interested. I mean, he doesn't have uh, workouts from two-thirds of the NFL teams, but a lot of them are inquiring, so you'd have to think he's as good as gone. When we come back, we'll hear from veteran... Sports writer out of Winnipeg, Jeff Hamilton. You're listening to the Sports Cage for our friends at Nelson Homes. Supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. It's the Sports Cage from Riderville on 620 CKRM.
1: The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Bringing it to
4: the heartland. The Grey Cup is here. Grey Cup 109. Are we on the verge of a dynasty? We'll find out Sunday. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Toronto Argonauts. First time they've met in a Grey Cup since 1950. That would be the Mud Bowl. There will be no mud on the field, but it is supposed to be nice. Minus one. It's hard to believe outside today, but that's reminiscent of 2013 when the weather sucked all week. And then it was great for the Riders Crashing of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hopefully we have a much better game here at Mosaic Stadium. Joining me on the Western Pizza Hotline, by the way, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. One of the things I love about coming to Great Cup is you get to see guys that you only really talk to on the phone from time to time and, uh, you know, really respect a lot of the guys that come here and cover this league because as much as we're in different centers and the teams we cover compete against each other, it's like family when you get together Great Cup Week. And this is one of those guys, Jeff Hamilton, veteran right over in Winnipeg. Hi, Jeff. How are you, man?
12: Ballsy, Great to be on. Thanks for the kind words. The uh, feeling is mutual. Uh, not just about uh, the week overall, but uh, you know, running into people, as you mentioned, including yourself, that you you know you talk you talk about the game. You you know uh, you challenge throughout the year, and uh, it's it's great to have us all in one room for a special week.
4: Yeah, it certainly is. Now, i got to bring this up because I texted you. You're one of the guys I, I love to bounce things off. I texted you after the... We have the media conference. We get up early. For me, I'm used to get up at four in the morning, so that's not a challenge, but I'm sitting there. You're asking some great questions. I ask one. I, I go back to the station to record my sports. I leave to go do something else, and then I check Twitter. Uh, I think Jeff Hamilton's one of the guys saying, hey, it's just been announced that the playoffs have changed to Saturday starting next week, and I'm thinking, why Didn't Ambrosey announce that at the media event?
12: You know what? And I texted you right back and it said it was the first thought I saw when I uh, i think it was some fans that were tweeting it out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, I, it's just one of those things you roll your eyes at a little bit. I, you know, to your point, I think from your tweet, I mean, we're the media, we're the ones that's supposed to get the message out. But uh, I guess with uh, phones and for as long as Twitter is going to be around, uh, there is platforms for other, <laughs> others to get the information to us. But to me, I think that's one of the things that, you know, with, with the annual state of the league addressed by Randy Ambrose, I don't know why he doesn't start things off. I mean, he loves talking about the positives, right? I mean, 17% up in scoring, almost nearly a touchdown a game, averaging 50 points a game to, you know, the injuries and the reduction of those throughout the year, despite padded practices returning with the new CBA. It's like, why wouldn't you put the other news in there? But uh, like I said, I, nothing ceases to uh, to um, to surprise me or amaze me, with, amaze me with this league. I think all those quirky things really do make it what it is and uh, you you take the good with some of the uh, you know not so great
4: i respect zach clars we talked about it last time you were on that he is probably the best comeback story uh in north american professional sports probably last 25 or 30 years in fact if we want to uh, go digital and get the stories out there in the technological world as randy alluded to in his state of the cfl address they should do some sort of I mean, you've done a great job uh, going back to his hometown and figuring things out about him. But they need to interview you and him and other guys and do like a 30 for 30 almost kind of documentary on this. But my question to you is this. I got a sense he wasn't he didn't really feel comfortable in Saskatchewan. Have you unearthed that? He seemed real guarded when he was here
12: well you know what i think you, you're right i mean I, I hear that from everybody you know in, in in your neck of the woods just when you see Zach and, and not just the success he's had but the way in which he interacts with the media um, you know it's not it's certainly not his favorite thing uh, to do but he's a lot more open he seems freer as you mentioned and and you know what i think the reality is is when you, there were some obviously some tough times in in Regina uh you know playing for the rough riders the injuries were there you know you come back um from an injury a concussion and then you know you're you're back to being the starter and it's supposed to be a clean slate and what happens three plays into your your season uh you know you 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 get your bell rung again and and you suffer yet another serious concussion and so i i think those things are certainly at the top of the list for you know why things didn't work out here uh, here or, or you know maybe why he didn't enjoy his time i'll be honest with you the other thing was chris jones I mean, Chris Jones has a, has a reputation, you know, obviously in many ways positive, his ability to build teams and all those, you know, all those other things. We, You know, it's a, his resume speaks for itself in this league. Um, but he's also really known to, you know, give quarterbacks a tough time. I mean, he, he's known to, it's his thing to keep the, you know, his quarterback on, on eggshells. And that certainly was the case for Zach. I mean, if you, you know, if you look at, if you look at some of the instances there, like, I mean, this is a guy who, who proved to be a winner when he took, over for, for Ricky Ray, forced into a starting position in Toronto, and then of course you know we all know what happened in Hamilton. Uh, you know he was on his way to becoming uh, the most outstanding player before tearing his knee, and of course that didn't end great. I think it ended with you know pretty much 12 straight losses, including an 0-8 start to that to that uh, you know to his final season there. Um, But you know, for him to have to fight for a job at that point with Brandon Bridge, it just didn't make any sense. And Mm -hmm. and I and I think you know he's the kind of guy that you know he's not a control freak, but he is someone who likes to have a say in things. And I you know I just think with the way you know Chris Jones worked that organization and particularly how he handled Zach, I just don't think it was a very enjoyable experience for him.
4: No, you're right, Jeff Hamilton, veteran, great reporter that covers this league, the NHL and other things as well uh, from Winnipeg, joining us here. So Calero did practice today how did he look you were there
12: you know, he looked good. I mean, I think that was, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans were put to ease, you know, put mind, minds were put to ease yesterday when, you know, he obviously faced the media for the first time, uh, you know, sit, you know, confirmed what pretty much his teammates and coaches were alluding to, that he was going to be playing on Sunday, but he also had missed practice earlier in the day, and that was two straight days without, you know, having a workout, so I think there were still a lot of questions anyways. He gets onto the field today, and of course, you know, it's, it's right near the time, right? It's but one minute before the practice started too and he's still not out there and all of a sudden we're getting ready to kind of say okay he's not practicing again and sure enough eight in the yellow jersey comes running onto the field uh, and was a full participant you know I, there were times where you know I'm not going to play doctor but there were times where I thought you know in some of the drills he looked a little bit gingerly but he was testing it full on I mean he was rolling out of the pocket uh, you know doing those things that have made him such a dangerous player over his career and and, has managed to you know, extend plays and all that stuff and he looked really no worse for wear I mean you can't think he's 100% that's just you know I think that's impossible especially considering you know his week and not practicing but I I do think it's about as good a situation as the Bombers and Claros could expect the fact that he was out there moving around the way he was and and for the most part uh with relative ease i mean it's a great sign for the bombers um and a good sign for him and you know i think for everybody who was on zach watch all week maybe something yeah. maybe something that kind of shelve a little bit for now
4: yeah for sure uh and i don't think anybody's 100 percent at this time of year so uh totally. zach zach claros behind that old line at 75 percent is probably good enough to get it done so um yeah, we haven't had compelling games here at Mosaic Stadium for the Grey Cup. We know the Riders blew out Hamilton. It was compelling because it was the Riders. Uh, the Calgary win, uh, uh, Calgary Baltimore game was really windy, so that wasn't, uh, you know, that didn't give us a true test. Uh, Montreal Edmonton was just okay. Do you think we could have a th- three-minute game here? These teams have won the most games in the last three minutes, eight apiece. And I said this the other day, and I, somebody kind of. I don't want to say put me in my place, but made me look at it a different way. The bombers are on the verge of a three, Pete. And I I uh listen, I I told you this. As the voice of the riders, it makes me puke in my mouth. But I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this right now. The Winnipeg blue bombers just find a way to get it done. And this person said, hey, listen, the Patriots didn't blow a lot of people out either when they won games towards the end. They Mm -hmm. just found ways to win and always found ways to win and that's kind of like the Bombers they are the New England Patriots right now, the CFL
12: Absolutely, I mean you can look at their, you can look at how they've you know, how they've won their last two two great cups. I mean, I mean, last year was no piece of cake against Hamilton. I mean, there's all the reason in the world to lose that game. I mean, they're trailing, you know, by by two, a couple scores in the fourth quarter, and, and then they managed to turn things around. And, you know, the same story against Saskatchewan in the West final last year. I mean, they're one drive away, what, X amount of yards away from winning that game, um, and Winnipeg pulls it out. I, I think that, to your point, that's what teams what good teams do, what, you know, what winning teams do, uh, teams that have strong, you know, mental strength, ones that, that know that you never give up, there is no you know, there is no give up, even when there's 45 seconds and you're down and, and that's been something that's been brewing with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for, for years now and, and it's a mentality that I think you know, I, I don't want to say is going to be necessarily the difference on Sunday, but it could very well be, I mean, you look at Toronto and I think they're a talented team, I think anyone who's sleeping on the Argonauts, um, you know Know, probably shouldn't be doing that, uh, but at the same time, I think the one thing I, the one big difference I notice between the two clubs is one's incredibly composed, and the other one, while talented, being the Toronto Argonauts, I mean they have a, they, they have this ability to kind of almost bathe in chaos. I mean, you look at some of the, you know, you look at even last week. I mean, you have McLeod Bethel-Thompson yelling at the head coach over a challenge call and then getting into a bit of a physical altercation uh, with, one of his, with one of his coaches. And so, again, I, I think they're an incredibly talented team, but when you come down to those final minutes and you need that mental toughness, which team's stronger? In this case, I think it's Winnipeg. But, again, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's going to be the, you know, the be-all, end-all, but I do think that's going to play, could play a big factor come Sunday.
4: No, I'm not going to, and that's a good way to put it too, man. No, I'm not going to suggest you and I are exactly the same, but I think we both like to, hey, we love the league, but we, part of that love is we like to challenge things, okay? So I'm going to wrap up with this, man. I hear Randy talk about we need to, sorry, I hear Commissioner Ambrosie. give him some respect, talk about we need to uh, get our story out there to the fans because I had posed the question about CFL Week, highly right. successful in Regina when they just kind of threw it together, but of course you pull it off in Rider Nation. Winnipeg did a great job. But I, I'm a firm believer, you know, you sh- maybe you can move it around. Only problem is, Jeff, is that in the other centers except for Hamilton for the existing teams, there are NHL teams. So if you're doing it in the spring like they did before the pandemic, you could run into playoff races or NHL playoffs, which could damper right. it in markets. Why not turn this into an Indianapolis? You've got the footprint here. The Combine's already five days. So why don't we have a CFL week again and make it a celebration in the off season? We got, I I feel like this league doesn't want to spend money at times You look at Amar Doman, you got to spend money to make money
12: you know i I agree with you and there's a reason why the cfl started that event uh in saskatchewan in regina because you know that's the cfl center uh that's a place where i mean it's not just the cfl center it's it's got great facilities i mean look at gray cup now and i mean shout out to you know shout out to the rough riders and and the you know the the city of regina for putting on what's been an incredible incredible week so far and you know it's gonna you know it's gonna gonna continue to be that way through the rest of the week um but at the same, you know, not at the same time. But I don't know if it's necessarily a leak thing. To be honest with you, like I think it's as much to do with TSN, and mm. they're. You know, I don't want to see. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I, don't, I think the CFL would want to have that that event every single year. The issue is, is that CFL needs, or sorry, TSN needs to come down. They need to do all their interviews. They need to do all those things. I don't know if there's an appetite for them to want to do it. Now, I don't want to, you know, start a you know a rumor mill here that that they're saying no to all this, but I think that's the big roadblock because you got to get all fifty players to come down. You got to do all those. You know, what the beauty of that week was supposed to be was that that TSN was able to shoot all of their you know all of their promo stuff get all that stuff done right because that was the big that was the big point of it all and 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 you know i look at what's happening with you know tv broadcasters whether that be tsn or sportsnet and 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 you know it seems like they're just finding more and more ways to to you know to help the bottom line to trim things off things and I I just I fear you know my gut tells me that that's probably why the CFL week didn't you know didn't go on and didn't continue
4: it's a good point and you know it's shot it doesn't shock me because but but it's crazy we have the awards in a beautiful facility the uh, Conexus Arts Center guys are dressed up we got a guy that's going to go to the NFL probably and represent the CFL we got the reclamation project and Zach Calaro's two time MOP you can't find the damn thing anywhere
12: you don't gotta sell me on the CFL and needing more uh, more eyeballs on it. We guys like uh, guys like you and I and you know other men and women out there who've. You know have the you know have pretty much have the blessing of being able to cover this league do our best to try to get it out to as many people and you know you, you hope for these kind of events to to catch hold and, and to continue and, and maybe it does come back who knows I don't think Randy completely eliminated it but uh, you know I, I got to give some credit to the CFL too I mean you know I think I think when you look at what they're trying to do here and you talk about the bottom line I mean I, I think they've cut a lot of people at their staff I think they got you know less hands doing more work right now I, I mean the one thing you know, it's been a great celebration. Even last year, right, to get back from the, you know, to, to have that that canceled season um, from COVID in 2020 to get back, it, it felt like one big celebration. But the reality was, is the bottom line didn't improve. You know, it was impossible to make money. There were, you know, t- yeah. you know, you only know, had half half filled stadiums. I mean, we all know how important gate revenue is in this league. And so, as much as it, there was plenty to celebrate, I think there's still some cautious you know, cautious feelings with the league and and having to make sure that they're, that they're healthy and financially in in years to come. And and that's still, that's still very much a, still very much a a battle for this league and, and will likely be a battle for this league, you know, for, for years to come here as they, you know, as they really do try to recover from a, from, from, you know, like any business from, from the global pandemic.
4: Man, thanks for your perspective. Thanks for all your hard work. Uh, have fun the rest of the week. Enjoy the game. And, uh, yeah, thanks for your time, Jeff Hamilton. I appreciate it.
12: Hey, as hard as we do work, ballsy, one thing that's not hard to, to, to find is uh, fun. So I'll, uh, I'll take your advice and uh, look forward to well, the rest pop, of what the rest of the week has to offer.
4: Pop down to Ryderville here because I'm going to be in the stage all night. I'll buy a beer. That's the to plan tonight. See you later. Okay. Take care, man. Take All care. right. When we when we come back, Andy McNamara, our betting expert, will join us. We'll talk great cup. We'll talk a little NFL too. It's the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM.
1: You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Gotta keep the show rolling. We're behind time here on uh Sports Cage from
4: Riderville want to give a shout out to Jason Victor who listens to the show runs the Ryder Prider fan page in a hospital with pneumonia get better my friend and also my uh, lawyer and friend Paul Corp and he's got his house lit up on Regina Avenue so lots of Rider Pride still in effect lots of green and white jerseys here as we do have the spirit, even though our team's not in it. Let's head out to the Western Pizza Hotline, our betting expert, Andy McNamara. So, Andy, we'll quickly get to the NFL, and then I really didn't pick games because I'm in CFL mode, if you don't mind huh. today, my friend, as you could to be aware. So, who's your underdog this week? We always go underdogs and favorites. I think I went one on one last week. What did you go? Oh, so you're not making
2: a pick, and you're making me tell you I went 0-2. Class <laughs> back, Baldwin. Come on. I, I, Come
4: finally, on. I, I finally won. Who's your underdog this week? <laughs> well, I'm 7-4 in my last 11.
2: I think I'm going to get back on track this week. I'm going Bears, baby. Bear, straight up money line, plus 140. I love what Justin Fields is doing. You pop, listen, fantasy-wise, too, we'll do best in fantasy. For your DraftKings play, stack Justin Fields and Cole Komet. You're getting value. You're getting the contrarian play with Cole Komet. Stack the Bears. Falcons are fugazi. Four and six at home? What am I afraid of Atlanta for? Three points? Get out of here. Plus 140 for the big. <laughs> I love on, it. man. Okay. Who is your favorite? Oh, this is as gimme as you get. And someone came out on Twitter and was like trying to plead the case for the Jets. Stop it. Stop it. Patriots. And they're only favored three and a half. I'd take the Pats if they're favored by seven. Here's why. Our Zach Wilson for New York has thrown seven of his 16 career interceptions versus the Patriots. Okay, Belichick has his number, has the Jets' number. He's going to just be. It's, it's going to be a terrible, ugly, uh, awful game to watch, but defensively, he will grind them out, and it's going to be a slap that the Patriots win.
4: Hard to believe the Bills are third in that division, to be quite honest with you. Boy, I hope hope
2: my brownies can keep him there, but I'm not liking it with the game oh. move to Detroit or liked it in the swap in the snow instead, but now it's in Detroit. So. Oh, they moved it to Detroit. I didn't see well, that. Officially. Officially. Now, here's the problem, though. The, they don't know if they can get the Buffalo Bill players out.
9: Oh, they wow. still have
2: to worry about getting them out of physical Orchard Park where everybody lives. In 2014, this happened. They had to get the players out by snowmobile. So <laughs> that's how wild this could get. For real. Snowmobile. Is- they had to rescue players with snowmobiles.
4: That has a very CFL-like feel to it, Saskatchewan <laughs> feel. Hey, Fantasy Pickups, your uh, DFS value plays. Give me them. Give me them. Oh, man, Darius Slayton for the
2: Giants. Uh, this guy has always had some big play, play flash, but we're seeing it a bit more consistent now. Daniel Jones going to him. They're feeling it, are the Giants, uh, and and uh, uh, with Daniel Jones going to him a lot, Uh you can pick him up, waiver wire, he's still owned in less than 50% of most leagues. And DFS, I always talk about the DraftKings value plays. Everyone picks the stars, whatever. You win money on DraftKings by taking the contrarian guys who they don't pick. Darius Slayton is that. Tight end, Trey McBride, people, okay, for the Arizona Cardinals. Because Zach number three tight end, went out, Trey McBride in. Why compared to others? Well, he was the first tight end drafted off the board. We follow the money, we follow the draft capital. Two, he's been playing 91% of the offensive snaps and running routes 76% of the time. Now, Ballsy, why is that important? It means he knows the offense. He's not some bum on special teams running around. doesn't know what to do. He's running the place, He's in the huddle. He knows the cadence. He knows what's going on. Trey McBride as your pickup streamer.
4: Okay, so I had the Toronto Argonauts winning the Grey Cup all along here. Uh, but then I talked to Jeff Hamilton out of Winnipeg, and he said something that uh, really stuck with me. Both teams are great winning, like uh, eight wins in the last three minutes or fewer this uh, year tied in that category. But Toronto's kind of, uh, they're chaotic winners right now. Got quarterback yelling at coach, uh, things like that on the sideline where Mike O'Shea just has them calm. And I think that calmness and poise wins it for Winnipeg. How are you seeing the Grey uh, Cup?
2: Yeah, Winnipeg is my pick. Um, if I'm if I'm looking at from a betting standpoint, Balsy, I'm not taking the money line because it's minus two forty. You're not making any money off that. I would take Winnipeg to cover the five and a half. Um, that's okay. where I think you'd get the best play there. Now, the only time they played this year, Week Four. Winnipeg just won by a point Long time ago I know But that's all we have to go with On the head-to-head So that might be a little gutsy But that's where I think If you think Winnipeg's going to win Take him the, the five and a half points On the DraftKings Sportsbook And uh, I'm with you I think the Bombers take it
4: You know what's interesting about that In a nine-team league They haven't played for a long time That's crazy that's Crazy I know Like haven't played twice you got enough games
2: And play twice
4: <laughs> hey, man, where can, they know, find, where can they find your stuff and get questions to you, either for the Grey Cup or for NFL?
2: Yes, anything and everything. On Twitter, at AndyMC81, use hashtag AskAndy. If Twitter explodes for some reason, Instagram, at AndyMCSports, you can get me there, too. And Facebook uh, somewhere. I think I'm on TikTok. Uh, I'm not dancing or nothing, ballsy. so don't get me there.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Matt, for your time. We'll have a longer segment next week. I appreciate it. <laughs> For sure buddy, enjoy the game yeah thanks take care. That's Andy McNamara. when we come back on the other side of the six o'clock news about seven minutes or so, we'll hear from TSN's Dave Naylor, their insider talk about uh, things going on with the league and we'll also talk about the big Great Cup 109 matchup. you're listening to the sports gate for Nelson Holmes on
1: 6:20 nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM.
4: Welcome back to the Sports Cage live from Riderville, our second and final night here. But uh, the party's just getting going here, man. This is awesome. We didn't have this in 2013. Our Riderville room was in the soccer center. That was great. But this is over a football field long. Uh, I'm sitting way on the, I guess, the west side of this thing, and way on the east side is where the entertainment is all night long. We're uh, happy to be uh, sponsored this show today by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. You can text us at 936-6262, our text line powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, and all our guests that are on the phone come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. I got a great guest in studio here, best dressed amongst the reporters. It would be between you and Three horse race, you far hand.
3: And uh, Arash Madani, it'd be a three-horse race, Dave Naylor. You know, Michael, I say that uh, the day I really realized I was no longer a newspaper guy was when I opened my closet and saw I had eight suits. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah, and I never owned more than one before I went to TV. What is this your What is this your twenty-fifth Grey Cup? Twenty-fifth Grey Cup, yeah, twenty about twentieth in a row, and then there's five sort of scattered, you know, before that. Yeah, and, and I remember when I first got into the business, and there were guys that have been to twenty-five Grey Cups. Yeah. You know, it was hard to imagine <laughs> yeah, it's hard And to imagine. all of a sudden, now that's you, you know. So, yeah, so, fourth one in Saskatchewan.
4: It's awesome. You know what? Uh, you and I uh, differ on some things, but what I like about it is I like I had Jeff Hamilton on. We we come together. We come from the same spot, though. We have a passion for the league. We love the league, and that's what I love about this league. Is amongst the fan
3: bases we hate the bombers but when we
4: party we're all together and that's what I love about
3: the league it, it is such a unique league and I've, I was talking about that earlier today that it fans in the CFL no matter how devout you are to your team you're always a CFL fan first right like, that's and that's what bonds you yep. you know and then the team thing comes second mm-hmm. and, and there's and that's sort of like the way people follow their team and then they also follow the league they yep. want to know how the league is doing as much as they want to do how their team is and yeah. other leagues aren't like that I think it's very special quality. Our league has. I
4: love the fact that they. Now I wish the commissioner, in hindsight, would have done this at our media day instead of an hour later with the fans. Right, He'd kind of buried the lead there. I'm like, what are you? What is going? That would have been my lead. The fact that the playoffs are moving to Saturday. But I think that's a good move. Uh, and the Grey Cup still stays on Sunday, which, I, you know, I don't really care if it goes up against the NFL on Sunday. It's going to get a draw. But I like the Saturday setup for the playoffs.
3: You know, it's funny. I remember they did it about 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to convince myself it wasn't Sunday. And here's what I remember. I was. My hotel in Regina. Yeah, and it's like they're playing kickoffs here like three thirty or something. I'm leaving at two, and as I'm walking out the door, I go, "Actually, you know what? Before I leave, uh, I want to check the NFL scores before I go." I go to my computer and I realize yeah. it's Saturday, right? <laughs> but I but I felt like Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, Steve Simmons, my good friend of the Toronto Sun, has a line. Sometimes he says, "Don't move the comics." And, that, and this is moving the comics, mm-hmm. right? So I think everybody needs to be prepared. We're going to see a regression. Yeah. But I think the key is, and I'm sure they've talked about this, you've got to stick with it. Like, last year, they did it. Last time they did it for one year, everybody got scared, and bang, it was back on Sundays. Now, I don't know this, but I'm going to give you my speculation. Our deal ends in 26, right? Yep. So we're going to do this in 23 for the mm-hmm. first time. I would hope and think that they are probably committed to do it for the... Yeah. For, and then... You know, by then, hopefully you've kind of got it Would back this be a TSN-led right? thing in terms of, because the NFL and you guys have that coverage too, right? I don't know that it's TSN-led, but I would guarantee you we're part of the conversation. Yeah. Because it does have, I mean, and that's why I think was the original impetus to put it on Saturday because we have a significant investment in the National Football League, so why would we take those two properties and put them up against each other? Right? I, don't that wanna, was the idea.
4: I don't want, like, you're a company guy, so I don't want you to hang your company yeah, yeah. out the dry. Sure. But I've asked Glenn this: what can TSN, from your perspective, do better? In your talks amongst the table? with the on-air personalities, behind the scenes. What can you guys do better? Because... Outside of radio, you don't have any competition, right? Right. And TSN's done a great job of helping the league out with the the money deal. But that came up today, too. Maybe we need some competition in the broadcasting. So what can you guys do a better job of?
3: You know, I I, I think one of the things that we, and I'll speak for my role, okay? My role is, except when I'm on panels, my role is to keep people talking about the CFL when we're not playing games. Right. Like, I'm a lot busier Monday to Friday Mm. than I am Saturdays and Sundays, except when I'm on the panel. And you know farhan and i try and do, have a level of, of standard where if we're on tv talking about it cfl fans should care about what we're saying so right that's that's honestly some of the challenge michael is that we don't want to do content just because we got to do content and then people watch what we say and say well these guys are talking who cares about that like you got to get the standard that people are going to care about right, right? so like i i think you know we're everybody in these in the media right now is strained on resources, trying to do as much yeah. as they've ever done with fewer people, yeah. okay? and that's and we're no different in that yeah. way. But I, you know, in terms of what we could do better, I, I just speak to what we the way we do it. We we really just try and stay on what are the talking points, what are the things people are talking about, what can we give them to invest in and try to keep that conversation going all the time. The games kind of sell themselves, right? Yep. So we got to keep it going The other day. We do things like the Top 50 Players yep. show, right? Yep. Um, you know, Which was something that I was involved in and kind of mm. helped produce. So we, we're trying to come up with new ideas on all those kinds of things. I think there's, you always got to challenge yourself. And you, the, the difficult thing, here's the biggest challenge of programming CFL, or even journalistically as a CFL. Yeah. If, you if you're covering the National Hockey League, the standard of care in every market in Canada is going to be pretty close to the same. same in Winnipeg, mm. as Toronto, and Montreal, whatever. And even in the league, right? Even we talk about the American market, but it's a little different there. Yep. But our challenge as a national broadcaster is, I think, that the appeal of this league is so widely different in other parts of the country. Right? Right. And, and I'm not speaking for TSN here. I just understand the challenge is that I see Bob Irving on Twitter will say, you know, I'm yeah. going to do 15 minutes of CFL right off the top of SportsCenter. Yeah. Unfortunately, because our biggest market where one in five Canadians canadians lives people are not attuned to the cfl and if they were we could do more right yeah. that's so it's you get into the yin yang but here right? but here's my thing
4: okay i'll go to last night for yeah. classes, okay you guys bring Capern burt is brought in to right. host the player awards yeah it's a big night yep. it's our night this is what I get from fans. TSN's got six channels. Why couldn't they put that on one channel? Now people will say,
3: "Well, the ratings aren't there." But if you don't start somewhere, then you, you got to start somewhere. Same, same conversation I've heard about the draft. Right. Same thing, right? The yeah. We, now the draft didn't used to be on TV, and now we do it. And right? you're doing and now it, now it slowly, we do it, right? right? Give you kudos, same, right? Same, and same thing on free agency. I mean, right. Yes. You know, like, yes. We, we've started to, you know, yes, with that on television. So I, I and I've heard that one. I, I can only assume that the economics of it are not in our favor. Right? right. But but and that that's that's one of one of the the other thing. And this is you know to, to some of our critics on the TV side yeah. is we don't think. And I would say every day that goes by, we think of SportsCenter less and less as kind of the only platform. Right. Like that's how people judge us sometimes. Say, well, you only had a story on SportsCenter 18 minutes after. Yeah. But if you go to TSN.ca, and yeah. you click on the you know, CFL tab. There's five pieces of new content that went up there, and even we know sometimes, like when we're taping a hit, like we taped a hit today after the commissioner, we'll ask our producer, is this for SC or is this for the web? Because we'll talk a little bit differently, right? Yeah. We'll go more detail, more nuts and bolts, more for the hardcore fan right. who found us on .ca, clicked on that link because he's a CFL fan and he wants to hear what Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji are saying about this issue. On SportsCenter, we're more the general sports fan, you know, who's reaching for a bag of chips, has got a beer, in his hand and oh here comes some cfl content we yeah. got to speak to that guy a little bit differently or gal than we do on the web so there's even a difference kind of in the approach yeah. that we bring depending on where it's going you talk about having
4: the content and talking about it in the offseason there's yep. two talking points the lightning rod will get to bow in a second yep.
3: nathan rourke that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that plays out it is i i think nathan rourke is going is very certain of getting an opportunity in the nfl yeah and i'm basing that just on the number of teams that apparently reached out right once you Get to two dozen, yeah. Somebody's gonna sign. Yeah. See you yeah. later. Right yeah. now, after that, the question becomes: Can he make a team? Really hard to answer without knowing where he's going, you know, yeah, and what the competition is, what the yeah. coach, you know, all. It, it's almost impossible to answer that question. But he's certainly capable of doing it. The way I'd say it right now is: I will be very surprised if he does not sign in the National Football League, and I won't be surprised if he sticks. But that's a different equation, right? Yeah, all that. So, but yeah. but it's it, he's a fascinating wow. kid. You know, I thought he, I thought. I think it's a little awkward for nathan work as well because he didn't like a lot of kids in southern ontario he did not grow up a cfl fan yeah right and now he's the face of the league yeah. that's a, that's a big transition to go from i didn't watch this league to you're the most important person in it yeah and i thought he really nailed it with his speech last night i thought it was respectful i thought it would really honor the league and his experience and the way he ended it even see he, he said yeah. he said uh it's great to be at the gray cup and i hope to play in this game soon Yes. That was great. It I was thought that was great. Because like, you know he what? could go. He's 25 or about to be 25. He could go and come back and still play five years after. He, he might be making 500000 playing for the BC Lions next year. Yeah. I don't think so, but yeah. he could be. And, yeah, I I think I think it's been an education for Nathan about the CFL, but I, I really think he's deeply appreciative of this league, the opportunity it's given him, and all this happened in Vancouver. Your
4: uh, colleague this week, as he was last year, Bo Levi Mitchell, yeah. is going to go somewhere. Yes. Hamilton's got the dibs right now. Right. Now, I know you tweeted in the past, hey, In situations where this has happened It's ended up whatever team Traded that's the team that gets them so Let's go on that premise I don't think it's Going to happen but let's go on that premise If he ends up in Hamilton what do the Riders do for a quarterback?
3: This is the most fascinating question in the CFL, and not just because it's the Riders and their quarterback, which would be enough to make it fascinating. But any attempt to answer that question intersects about three or four other CFL storylines. Yeah. It's dominoes yeah. going in yeah. every direction, and and you know, I and I, again, you and I talked on Twitter, like I, and I and I fair because I was kind of being a bit of a jerk that I said it's over, forget he's going to Hamilton, and you guys called me out, and I said, you know, you're right. I don't have a source on this. I do yeah. not know this. I'm just going by what I'll call the water runs downhill. Theory, sure. right like and you have facts uh you have precedents. right president to look at it yeah. and and the teams that will give up assets to get these players normally are the most committed to making it done it's kind of embarrassing if you didn't right yeah and they got the great cup in their backyard you throw that in i think bo will be there there's not going to be enough guys with starting quarterback, resu- strong starting, recent starting quarterback resumes to fill nine jobs this year, okay? No, you're right. So somebody's going to have to take a chance on somebody. And I, I threw this out on another station, so yeah. I might as well do it yeah. here. Yeah. But, and, and I'm not saying this happened. I have had no conversation about it, but but this is the kind of thing the riders could do, right? Like, So let's say Bo signs in Hamilton, and they look at it and say, Dane Evans. Yeah. Hmm don't know right um you know caleb evans uh you know the, the other nick arbuckle. nick arbuckle you look at all this and you're like you know like i don't know Like, got like these are all serviceable quarterbacks but can they be your starter for eight for 18 weeks so the one i just out, and, and again it's yeah it, it's good chat is that if mcleod bethel thompson doesn't retire in toronto Let's say whatever win or lose on Sunday, he, he signs a two-year deal, he's their guy through 2024. Chad Kelly's only under contract, I believe, for one more year. So Toronto, if they gave him up, would only be giving up one year as a back of a backup quarterback, okay? I think there's also a sense around Chad Kelly that eventually he's gonna need an opportunity to start. He's not necessarily gonna be Jeremiah Mazzoli right. who'll sit here and back up for four years, okay? Mm-hmm. Ben Holmes who's their number three they like and I bet they think that he he's good enough to back up McLeod if they had to mm-hmm. so could the Riders do something and look i'm I, I can tell you whether chad kelly's ready to be a starting yeah. quarterback or not i know he's a big time player at clemson ole miss and i know that even three or four years ago there were people in the league that were talking about him saying that's the guy somebody needs to go get okay and he'll get, get his appetite
4: whetted here by oh, being in uh, the, right for sure, uh, sure
3: i mean if you and if, if fans love an enthusiastic player did you yeah. see chad kelly when he threw that touchdown yeah. last week with yeah, yeah. The happiest football player in the history of time yeah so my, my question is with the riders Say if they were given the choice between you know Dane Evans bringing back Cody, you know piecing together the Caleb Evans Nick Arbuckle pieces, or taking a shot like that, yeah, that wouldn't shock me, and I wouldn't think they were nuts to do it. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to take some risk here. There's not certain things all over the place. 45 seconds or less
4: is BC maybe in the bowl Levi Mitchell talk now that. Cause he he started he he put a lot of money into it sweat equity and I don't know that you keep selling
3: tickets with Vernon Adams but you do with Bo Levi Mitchell you, maybe you do and I'm going to defer to my colleague Farhan Lalji, who I know is on this program all yep. the time yeah he's pretty certain that they're going to rally around Vernon and probably try to back him up with somebody with some experience yep. so he's not the lone guy maybe Cody maybe something like that yeah it, the real two, the real question we got to answer before we can really have this debate is. Does the market think that Cody Fajardo and Dane Evans are still starting quarterbacks? Because the answer to that question is going to dictate a lot for yeah. what else happens. Nice awesome, talking to you, buddy. Michael. Nice seeing you, man. Thank you very much awesome. for having me. Great nice conversation. Spirited,
4: nice spirited debate to oh, on Twitter. I love it. That's what it's all about. All, all good. When we come back, we'll have Craig Reynolds, the president and CEO of the Riders, to close things out here on the Sports Cage on 620 C. On Street.
1: You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back
4: to The Sports Cage from Riderville. We're in the home stretch. Nice chat with Dave Naylor. If you missed any of the show, we had pinball on, John Chick, a bunch of different guesses. We always do. Check it out in podcast. Our great operator, Colson Schultz, will put it up. We wrap the show up in fine style with the president and CEO, Craig Reynolds. Before we get to everything, I'm glad you're here. I personally hope to see you out more in the public in terms of talking and fraternizing. I think that's kind of, I don't want to say the writers got away from it, but I think Personally, you got a good personality, and you need to be a little more front and center. Would you agree with that?
13: Well, thanks. First of all, thank you. Yeah, that I have a nice personality. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. You do. yeah thank yeah. you. I
4: think you need to. Because here is what I hear from fans. Hi, this is honest to truth. Yep. Honest got to truth. Kind of seems stuck in the mud. I said, no, he's actually a pretty sociable guy behind the scenes. When I when I've met with him, dude drove two players after a couple breakfast sandwiches <laughs> to Winnipeg. You know,
13: so so do you feel like you need to be out more a little? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I I love this like I was just wanting Ryderville and I I must have had 15 conversations so I really enjoy it you know a couple things one COVID yeah so COVID just killed any of that right yeah and so we just weren't able to get out we weren't able to do there was nothing to speak at there was no Yeah. so that really hurt that and then you come out of COVID and this this great cup and you you see this and it sounds like an excuse, but it's not. No, 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 like no. it's it's just so all encompassing to put on this this event. So you're absolutely right. Like next year we're we're, we're totally re-engaged in the community and that's top, top, to all bottom. the way down to bottom. And so, with the players too. Like the players are now finally starting to get out yeah. and out about. So so you'll see more of me, you'll see more of J.O. you'll see me on yeah. Coach Dickey, and you're certainly gonna see more of the players. I'll
4: tell you what, Craig, I wanna see I asked this to the commissioner, he didn't say no, but he kinda shied away from it. I don't know what goes on. Behind the scenes, I know it costs money. We need an Indianapolis. We need a combine that's five days. With the fans, like we had for CFL week, to keep this thing rolling. Like, this is what we need to have.
13: Yeah, no, and you see this, and really, events are what draw people. Like, that's what we're, we've learned, right? Like, yeah. when you make it an event, and Grey Cup is an event, and you look out here in Ryderville, like, this is an event. And so when you make an event like that, it'll draw people yes. in um, for sure. So, you know, it's come up lots. I think, again, it's a little bit of this post-COVID yeah. ramp-up. Ramp like, everybody, think, everybody wants it right back to normal, right. and it's not. And it just, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Time. and so there's just they're a little bit of patience required but you know all those things you know we 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 all agree that yeah. it's a great way to engage in the offseason
4: so how bittersweet is it for you you're putting this sucker on it is a big endeavor you're at the top of the chain but a lot of great volunteers 1150 I know you give credit to them but your team's not in it and somebody's going to win a great cup in your stadium and maybe celebrate in your locker room yeah
13: so that's that's the you said it. that's the bittersweet part of it like we are so excited that great cups finally here like we were Talking about this for four years. Yeah, no kidding. Like we started this bid process in August 2018. If you believe that, brainstorming all these things, and it's amazing to see some of the things we brainstormed yeah. come to life. Like the Highway Limb Cup run, which you were on. It's awesome. that, that came up in a meeting in August of 2018. We should do this. Everybody comes around down from Saskatoon, North Battleford, mm-hmm. PA. They come down, they make that trek. Let's do that trek with the cup. And so to see that that come out, uh, be live and 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 happen is just is just fantastic. So so there's that. There's they're seeing the culmination of four years of work and all the volunteer hours yeah. that they put in. And then there's the other. Oh, Side, which is, yeah, it's not going to be us us winning there. But the reality is, you know. It does you know, it happened in twenty thirteen. We all wanted that to happen. Yeah. We wanted it to happen in twenty twenty two. But since twenty thirteen it's never happened. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you have to put that in a little bit of perspective. It happened, it was just so bizarre. It happened eleven, it happened twelve, it happened thirteen. And so everybody's like, Yeah, no, it's just like fourteen of you yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's just not it's not as easy as just flipping a switch. Um, you know, we obviously have that as a goal, but we'll have that as a goal next Every year, year, year yeah. as well. Yeah. Every yeah. year, right? Yeah. And it just didn't go our way this year. So yeah, it's disappointing we're not gonna be playing on that game, absolutely. Um it doesn't take away in my mind from how great this festival is going to be um, just in terms of what it's going to do for the city and what it's going to do for the province and the economic impact and the game itself can it's be fantastic it's just disappointing that you know the home team's not going to be in it in 13 so as in, 2020, as, really a was guy, in as a
4: guy here that's in charge of this team and, and wrapped up in this festival you're watching that game you know toronto won that didn't matter who's coming out of the east but it had to matter that Winnipeg won from a financial standpoint, because it would be great to have Nathan Rourke here playing the Canadian star, but I don't know how many BC fans would make it. You know the Bombers are going to drive here.
13: Yeah, you know what? I, I think either way, we would have been really good. Um, you're, you're right. To have Nathan Rourke and that team and that story here, I think from a national media attention, it would have been really fantastic. And what Amara's done out there, I think there would have been more people travel here than we think. Yeah. Um, but you, you can't deny the fact Winnipeg's five out... Well. Hey, I do it in four and a half, yeah. but most most people, most people do it in five. Because <laughs> yeah. you had to stop for
4: a breakfast. Yeah, sandwich. I had to stop for Prior breakfast. One did it in four. Yeah, but
13: if you don't stop for breakfast sandwiches, I, you know, you do it in five. So, so there's no doubt that they'll come in. And, and actually, like the bombers are going to bring some charters of some buses right. the day of right, right. so they're going to come in because they can go they can get back you get back yeah. really late so so it will certainly help from a people perspective the number of people that are here and then revenue of course yeah. too so uh, yeah so the, either way we're, we were good
4: yeah awesome man okay well uh, just some closing thoughts uh, what happens when this is done How do, when do you start Dunkering down with uh, O'Day, with Dickinson, and charting 2023, because people, you know people are mad, they want you to get back to your winning ways, free agency, all that stuff, are you guys uh, getting right down to work pretty soon?
13: Yeah, it's already happened, to be honest with you, you're, you're balancing great cop, hosting the great cop, and doing that, and, and nobody wants to get back to the witty ways more than, than we do, right? Yeah. So, like, we, we, we get that, and so that's already happened, like... Dickie's going, we got coaches to hire. Like, he's, he's yeah. working that. Like, he's in working yeah. on that. Like, the Great Cup's happening, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're doing that this week, and this is really, really important for the province, really important for the organization, important for the CFL to do this, it right? It really is, yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's outstanding, and it's been outstanding so far. But, yeah, right away, you, like, you don't you don't take, there's no days off in professional <laughs> football, you know, at wow. all. You you get going, and you get working. We got to resign our, you know, the guys we want to resign. Um, Maybe
4: some free agents who you could look at. Yeah, you February, start to. Roll-
13: like they've already done all their evaluations, yeah. but you know yeah. they've had massive personnel, uh, you know, discussions. And but there's, you know, like I said, you got your are window with your own guys, and so you got. You yeah. know, we are signed Alfred, but there's there's more to come, right? Yeah. So it's those types of things. and you gotta you gotta get your coach. Staff I wanna to ask
4: that, I want to ask that last question. Okay, so the bully by Mitchell thing came out, and he was mad. He was mad that it came out the Grey Cup week. He thought they should have kept it quiet. I asked him on the show. He said, "I don't want to talk about it. I'm here to work the Grey Cup." I thought you weren't supposed to release any information, but then then they did that. Then you guys uh, had Alfred out. There's been some other things. Was it just one of those things where now the the, the barn door swung open? Let's do it or what? No, no, it's not like that.
13: You, they're kind of evaluated on a case by case basis. Basically, what they're trying to what we're trying to avoid is. Take too many just major distractions away from the Grey Cups. so like major ownership type things, yeah. major uh, coach coaching decisions, yeah. um, that is they're gonna be just distracting. Yeah. So routine, I'll call them more routine player signings, that's fine. Those yeah. are gonna happen. They're on the transaction wire, and, yeah. and when you know a guy's in town and you want to sign him, and, and you, you know yeah. he wants to get a signing bonus check, like that's just you gotta and make that and happen. And Alfred's
4: top of mind. And right?
13: Alfred's exactly that case. Like he's coming back for the player awards. We're getting, in, and it's a nice story. It's a great story. Yeah. Like, we wanted Mario back. He. Wanted Wanted to be back. He was going to win. You know, most any special teams player. You know, so you want to, you want to, you don't want to hide that. Like, and so he's otherwise he'll get all the questions. Like, are you coming back? Or, you know what? So now it's out there. He's coming back. So so it's kind of case by case basis. It's just but massive distraction stories they want to avoid.
4: They probably had to do the bowl Levi Mitchell thing because something like that wouldn't stay
13: under wraps probably. Yeah, and there, there's a little bit of that too. Like, is it inevitable that that it's gonna you know gonna get out there and dominate discussion without being yeah. confirmed? Yeah. So you know. The, Matt Mitrich in the CFL does a great job of just yeah. managing the comms, and so, yeah. so yeah, it's it's not a moratorium where nothing can happen, but it's just let's not do major, massive, um, you know, structural things or, or things yeah. that would totally distract them from this great event.
4: Last thing, I want to squeeze one more in here. I know we're over time, but I got to hear, and it. it doesn't come around uh, every year to Saskatchewan. So Randy does his address. We're all up there about an hour later after it's done. He says we're having the playoffs on Saturday, and I'm like. Why didn't he release that to the media? But you had an interesting take on that.
13: Yeah, I think I think every once in a while, you know, Randy and, and everybody will want to save a, a nugget and speak directly to the fans, give them something directly because you know they're taking the time out of their day, busy day to come. and It's Friday. Yeah, are working, they, they're coming and they want to see, you know hear from Randy. So sometimes it's you know I'm sure he thought I'm gonna speak directly to the fans. I'm gonna t- tell them tell them this news, which is a fairly big bit of news, and I'm super supportive of that by yep. the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know one of the Feedbacks we had from our um, last semi a couple years ago um, was around the Sunday the, the game. They yep. they they said you know it's tough. I got to work tomorrow. I got to travel. I gotta, you know we have so many out of town fans. So they, they said the game should be on Saturday. And so I've been a big advocate of that for a while. Yeah. And also in the finals, it gives a team another day to prep um, because it is hard to turn around and, and and win that and then get ready to get to the great fly top. wherever it like, is. You're, you're gone. Yeah. The and then it's all this stuff and you got yep. tickets to secure. You got families. To Get up, up to wherever the Great yep. Cup happens to be. Like yeah. we've done it several times, and it's hard. It's so you get an extra day is, is a big deal.
4: Well, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, the rest of the week, and uh, hey, next year in the next season, maybe we can have you on a couple times a month just talk business. Absolutely, let's.
13: I'd love to do that. Let's do that. Awesome, man. Craig, awesome. Greg Reynolds
4: joining us here. That'll do it for our time here at Ryderville. I got to head up to the stage and MC the great festivities. Make sure you come check out the team parties. The 109th Great Cup. Our team's not in it, but we got the best spirit in the. League. League. Let's make sure we don't drop the ball. Let's show it here, bringing it to the heartland. We'll talk to you on Sunday for our pregame show.
1: Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. Six twenty CKR.